Hey guys, this is Dr. Cassandra Joseph. Join me on my journey to create something epic, to create my ground up startup. Listen to my wins, my struggles, and everything in between. Check out my journey on creating Odyssey Dental Summerfield. To you, then, like, if you can break it down to us, what, what's really expected when you get a contractor? I mean, what? If assume you're talking to me, and I'm like, okay, I'm about to do a startup. I'm thinking to do a startup. I just signed a lease. Um, what do I need to expect from a contractor, realistically? I would say. If you go in not knowing anything, like this is your first project, you just don't know what you don't know, I think they're going to take advantage of you. Not because they're just like bad people. It's just the nature of the game. You know, why tell you you should spec everything line item by line item? Like you need to let me know what nails you want because if you don't, I'm going to use the cheapest dollar store nails that are going to last like half a year, a thumbtack if I can't get away with it because I want to have a profit. Dentists think the same way, too, sometimes. We're like, you know, we want a crown, but we don't want to pay $600 for this crown. Where can we get a really nice crown, an aesthetic crown that's going to last, but it doesn't cost the most? So I feel like contractors do that, but sometimes it doesn't last. Where me, I want the most economical crown, but I also want a nice end result for my patients, and I want something that lasts. Mm -hmm. So I need, you need to balance the two. And sometimes I feel like contractors may not know how to balance the two where they still put out something that's quality and something that also helps them make a profit. So that's what I'm running into where they're just putting things up real quickly and some of it's not ideal. They're getting people to paint and the painter is leaving streaks and paint all over the floor. And I'm like, this needs to be cleaned up where I'm pretty sure if I hire someone one-on-one -on -one to do a paint job, they would take more pride in the paint job that they did, and they they know I would hold them accountable personally. Like, you know, if I'm paying you a premium or a fair price that we negotiated on, then you need to give me the end result that I'm looking for, where I feel like when you hire a contractor, the high contractor hires a subcontractor. Sometimes even the subcontractor hires a subcontractor. And sometimes the end result is not what the original person, the person paying for it, me, wants. So... I think mm -hmm. that's what some people need to expect from a contractor is like sometimes they don't always do their best because they want to make a profit. And mm -hmm. also you need to go in knowing exactly what you want and how you want it or they're going to give you the cheapest of the cheap because the warranty is only a year for everything they put in sometimes. So they're mm -hmm. like, it just needs to last a year. Well, a lot of things to last a year. <laughs> yeah. But if you want something that's going to last, you know, 20, 30 years, then I think you need to specify that and be very clear so you could compare apples to apples because you could get three contractors bid on a project and they're like, yeah, I'll do the paint job here for five. One is like 20, one is 15. They're like, why is there such a discrepancy? I'm going with the lowest one. Well, are you sure they're using the best painters and the best quality of paint? Mm -hmm. Probably not. So, so don't always go with the lowest price. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you, like, so then, I mean, did you do that? Did you find out, like, okay, this is the type of nails I need. This is the type of, like, door handle I want. And then the type of car. Like, how how can you, I mean, is that, 
do you have to nitpick? Like, how do you figure all that out? Like, I, I honestly, I didn't even know that. Like, oh, this that's is type it. Of you don't know. The thing is, yeah, I didn't know, Michael. I didn't mm. know how detailed. I thought, I, I, you know, I take the bigger things. Like, I know what flooring I wanted. I knew um, what type of solid surface I wanted. I knew what type of laminate I wanted. Like, the big aesthetic things I knew about. Yeah. It's like the minor little things, like the door handles. I didn't think I had to be that picky about door handles. Well, they put the cheapest door handles they could find. And uh, <laughs> and it's like little things like that. What else didn't I pick? Well, I changed my paint colors. And, of course, whenever you change any little thing, they want to change the order, you get death. Um, also, the millwork. I didn't have the millwork designed to the team. My, con- my architect was like, yeah, this is your millwork. Then when you get with the architect, no, then when you get with the contractor here and that there, well, by the time I sat down with my contractor, I said, this is what I really wanted the design to be. Well, then it was like this big change order. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wasn't anticipating that. So I said, before you go in, don't rush this. Don't rush the design process. Don't rush the floor plan process. Take your time and line item by line item pick exactly what you want don't leave it up to the subcontractor to pick anything for you anything so it also empowers you because when you go to different contractors you're like this is what i want and i want you to bid it out line item by line item you tell me how much it's going to cost to paint this place how much it's going to cost to put in solid surface how much it's going to cost to put flooring so if there's something that seems out of line like you're charging me fifty thousand, but another company is charging me twenty five. I want to know why there's a discrepancy, and I also may say, you know what? I'm going to take that out the bid. Just focus on other parts of the project. I'll hire my own subcontractors to put in my beverage center or to put in, I don't know, to put in the solid surface. Yeah. And I think it'll empower you, and you'll be able to get exactly what you want. So my second project will be like you know a lot more smoother. But this one, I've learned so much. I lost a lot of stomach lining. But you know it. What? What? You know what? I have a practice now. I'm seeing patients when they come in through the doors. They don't really notice all those little things that I know is going on in the background. So it's still a win, right? So yeah. I can't focus on that. Do you, you plan to do a second project? Um, I have an expansion one day. Like, I have room to build four more operatories in the future. Oh, Once okay, I reach capacity, yeah. you know, if I'm going to add an associate, um, I would I would probably want to expand eventually or add some specialists in the mix. It just depends. You know, just naturally, you grow as a practice. Like, you never still have a thousand patients, you know. Over the mm. years, you gain more and more patients. Before you know it, you run out of space. Well, since I built from the ground up, I'm not just going to get up and move. I'm just going to add to the building since, you yeah. know, you have room to add. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to, like, gonna build, like, okay. another practice, and then you're like, I think I know what I'm going to do for my next practice. I'm like, dang, you're already thinking about your next one. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> So, no. when it comes no, to, yeah, when it comes to the contractor then, and knowing exactly what you want, I mean, there's so much that can go into play. Like, even, I mean, the type of, I don't know, the type of, like, wheels you want if you have a rolly, like, I don't know, whatever, right? So... Do you have like a checklist? Is there a checklist out there for this? Um, is there a checklist? No, I think you need to start off with a really good architect. You know, there's a lot of places you could cut corners. Don't cut corners with your architect. Get you a solid architect that knows what he's doing when it comes to dental, 
like, not just get, you know, you can get a general architect, but I didn't even get a general architect. We still left some stuff out. So I could only imagine if you got a general architect that never dealt with dentals. They don't know what they don't know. What stuff do they leave out for you? You may have an idea. Um, Like, for example, if I could do it again, I would have loved if my architect designed my millwork to the T. You know, these are where the poles go. This is the color of the poles. This is, like, I wish he really designed it to the point where when we got a bid back, it was exactly what we wanted, where I had to go back and sit with the contractor and try to design it myself. And that's when I got surprised with, like, thousands of dollars of change orders. He was like, oh, if you want this, it's going to be this. If you want that. And I was like, really? Mm. Why didn't you tell me that? I may have been off. I may have been better off just buying it from Bank or Henry Shine, my mill work at this point. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. You know, now I know. I didn't even think about it. And also, it's also the, the people that my architect was used to working with. He was used to working with a lot of dental contractors. And that's their um, protocol. They just, okay, we know you want mill work. As long as you have what areas the mill work will go, we'll design it with you with our mill work company. Yeah. Well, that's not how this contractor works that I'm using. So that's why there was like a little bit of a hiccup. Even he was kind of surprised when he saw this change order. He was like, this is not customary. Like, I spoke to my guys. This is not customary, this change order. But you have not, you don't have a leg to stand on because unless you have it in writing as part of the contract, it's a change order. Yeah. <laughs> it's a change order. What are some good questions? Really uh-huh. Good questions to ask your contractor. No, 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 to ask your architect. Well, so, like I said, if, if, if I could do it again, and my, my architect was a dental architect, but I would say start off with just a dental architect, someone that has done few dental offices, not just one or two, like, you know, a few, they have seen the hiccups, they have seen the complications, they have seen it all, actually. I would say work with that type of company first and... Also, try to get a full set of drawings. Like, tell the artist, like, I want everything designed to the nitty-gritty. And that's where maybe hiring an architect that has a design background would really help. Some architects, all they do is draw the box. They just tell you, you know, this is where the operatories go. This is where the check-in, check-out. They're like, I do not design. If I could do it again, I would get a firm that also designs, Michael. Like, they could help me pick finishes mm-hmm. as well. They and and you know why? Because the exit sign will look good with my art. Will look good with the pictures that I'm putting up. Will look good with the lighting. But when you just have an architect that's just building the building and that's all they see, they don't see the design and how it interferes or how it doesn't go well together. Yeah. That's when you run into complications and you also run into change orders. Like for example, we had like an emergency light put somewhere. You know, the architect put it there. He specced it out his electrical engineering, I guess, specked it out. And now we tried to put, like, a piece of art there. Well, we can't center the piece of art to the room because we have this hazard light <laughs> just there, <laughs> you know, where I felt like if you had a design company and an architect, architect that worked together as one, mm-hmm. they would have caught that. You know what I mean? They would have caught that. And mm-hmm. also going for a bid, everyone would be on the same page, like, this is how much we could afford for the whole project. The architect's on board, the designer's on board, so the finishes we're picking and we're replacing things all makes sense and all in line with your budget and your vision. But it was different for me. One person did my floor plan, 
the architect did the architecture and the drawing, one person did the design, and so, by law, most of it, you know, fit well together, but some of it didn't. Yeah. And it's when the contractor was building it, we realized once it was put together three-dimensionally, we were like, oh, that doesn't look right there. Or actually, that's going to be a change order. And it's like, uh, money, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> Big money. That's what I call it. <laughs> what, who was your architect? So, Who'd you go with? Yeah. I went with Richard Redfoot. He's out of North Carolina. He does a lot of dental offices. Real good guy, real nice guy, but real laid back. He was so laid back, and yeah. he doesn't have a design background, so that's where I had to hire someone else to, like, help me figure things out as far as, like, making sure the flooring I was picking was the right type of material for this type of commercial space. Who'd you hire for design? He had that I hired, like, a virtual designer. Her name is Shakira Faison. She's out of Maryland, but she was just a virtual one. Mm. And I also had, like, Banco. I wouldn't say I hired them as a designer, but I had Banco that also helped me um, with, like, equipment and things like that. Mm -hmm. But as far as, like, the finishes, finishes, I picked most of them. But my designer, my virtual designer, helped me with, like, you know, artwork and she designed my niches for my consultation room. She really helped me source really good furniture at a really good price. A lot of it was Wayfair. Some was the gallery. And where where it would make an impact, we spent a little bit more. Like the hallway. When you go down the hallway, she was able to curate really nice art pieces um, at a really good price. And she passed on the savings to me. She didn't, like, charge me extra, which a lot of designers sometimes do, which I really appreciate as a virtual designer. She just, you know, charged me what the piece of art cost. Oh, she got the designer discount. Where I if I purchased it, it would have been like probably thousands, and she purchased it for like, you know, 200, 300, 400. So I really did appreciate that. So, yes, you have to pay for her, but she paid for herself with all the cost savings. And she really wasn't that expensive since she was a virtual designer. Yeah. How <laughs> so, much normally, like roughly, yeah. if you're comfortable with saying like the exact price, that'd be awesome. But if you're not, then like how much normally would something like that cost? Or a designer like that? Oh, a, dis oh, a designer? I think designers cost like 10000 5000 plus. I'm pretty sure at least 5000 For and the project? And then they charge... Yeah, uh, uh -huh, five ten thousand, 10000 And then sometimes... But my designer didn't cost that much. My designer was like 2000 2500 around that line. It wasn't an excessive amount compared to like other people's designers. And she did a good job considering... She wasn't in the space. I just had to give her measurements. We went back and forth a few times. She curated a lot for me. We worked together. Right. I thought it was awesome. Okay. It was a really good experience. Really, awesome. really good experience. Okay. So then so far, besides right now, today, you being on the phone with your contractor, what has been going on so far this week? Oh, Monday, Tuesday, what went on? You know, just the new patients. Like, you know, we have a lot of new patients this month. We're going to finish this month off with at least 60 new patients. Oh, wow. Um, yesterday we finished. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, I know Monday we came in, we had 53 new patients total. So then we saw more new patients on Monday and then more new patients on Tuesday. I can't remember right now off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm pretty sure all of Friday. Oh, no, not all of Friday. Friday we have, like, two or Two or three new patients, and then tomorrow we have a ton of new patients. And they're all so, coming yeah, through Facebook. Sure. 
marketing, yep, marketing, or, you know, I broke it down. Location, Facebook is the two sources, location and Facebook. And word of mouth, of course, now that I've been open for two months. Word of mouth. So those three things, but if you're talking about marketing, what marketing that I'm using right now, yeah. only Facebook solely is what I'm using. Awesome. Of course, when I go to like events, you know, people get to know me and see my face, so that's ground marketing involved there too. But as far as like really what's bringing in patients right now, most of them are finding me through Facebook. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, the awesome. secondary is like word of mouth and location. Like people just walk up to building and not walk up, they can't walk up, they have to drive. Drive and they just come on in and like, are you taking the new patients? Are you taking the patients? I live right around the corner. This is so much more convenient than the dentist I go to in town. So location, location, location. I would say that's the best investment. You to find a banging location. Even if you have to pay a little extra. Some people are like, oh, it's like $2 more a square foot. If I go to this, well, guess what? A new patient will pay for that $2 square foot extra. Yeah. So, and you know, of course, within reason, some places are like excessively more expensive and people just know I can do it right now. It's just not in my budget. I don't know, but you're going to spend the money somewhere if your location's poor. You're going to spend in having to advertise for people to find you. So sometimes it may, it may be better off for you to like spend a little extra and be in a location where people could actually see you. How many vehicles drive by your office every day? That's an important number. That's an important. That's free advertising. That's free marketing every day. Or it's not free, right? It was you have to pay to lease the space or rent it or mortgage. So I say mm-hmm. location, location, location. That has been a hit for me. Either it's, con- it's a convenient location or people see me. People see me. So Deep. demographics. That's yeah. Everything. Demographics. Make sure your demographics is strong. And I know sometimes it's hard. Some people are like, I really want to stay here. I have my family here. My loved ones here. This is where I want to stay. And I say, it's going to work. But you have to work real hard, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, you definitely have to invest a whole lot of more marketing dollars to get those patients through your door. Because if there's a dentist on every corner. Where I don't... Well, actually, I do have a dentist around the corner. But... <laughs> But is that a big deal? something a little different. Yeah. It's, it's not. Right now, it's not. Like, my demographics are strong, but if, I'm, if you look at it on paper and really break it down, it's not, a, it's not the strongest. Like, I've seen stronger. Because right now, we have a dentist building an office literally around the corner from me. Like, I could walk his oh. office. But I'm not worried right now. Because he's been in the community for years, and he has an office in this town. So I have no idea why he's building another office in this mm. town it's not like he's expanding it's not like he's relocating he's literally just wants to have two offices in the same town the town is only a town of like 13,000 have you asked him so i have no idea it's a lot no he asked me he actually called me when i purchased the land it was like oh i heard that you just purchased some land i think you should come work for me instead oh you know, really how have you never talked to me about this Wait, so he tried to I don't know. He tried to take you to work for him instead. What? Yeah, he was like telling me, you know, I'm about to open my own practice, another practice soon in the area. You know, you should come work for me. I was like, Oh no, I think there's gonna be enough patience for all of us, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So don't worry about that. He was like Do you know okay. how much he offered you and everything or no? No, he wasn't even making an offer. He was just calling me, like literally called me at my associateship before they even knew I was transitioning out, which I really was upset about. I'm like, you can't call me where I work to talk about, 
you know, I shouldn't be buying this land and building an office. That's like <laughs> an awkward conversation to have at an associateship <laughs> where your boss is you're leaving. Yeah. I was like, you're so weird. I was like, you are weird. I'm like, wow. why are you doing this right now? And he's open already so, or no? That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, I already purchased the land. So do you plan on buying this land back for me? Like, I'm kind of confused. Yeah. <laughs> so he was just, I think, worried that he just purchased the building or parts of the building and he was getting ready to build it up soon, which literally took him like two and a half years. Like, he wasn't building any time. So he finally is getting wow. to the point where he might get a CO soon, maybe in two, three months. But he was nowhere near, you know, ready to open the other office. And I still don't even know why he's opening office. I heard he has a really bad hand injury and he can't even practice dentistry right now. I'm just so confused what? with everything he's doing. But, it's, I can't, but I can't focus on that right now. Yes, his dental assistant called me and said, hey, you know, do you need another assistant? She wants to come work with me. Oh, my <laughs> and gosh. And this is they had for years because, you know, he broke his hand. He yeah. can't work. As, you know, I'm like, there's a bunch of... I don't know. It doesn't add up, so I can't really focus on that. I need to focus yeah. on my office, so that's what I'm focusing my energy on. You know. Yeah, definitely. But the I whole know. point is, my demographic is not as strong. You know, it's stronger than some people, but it's not the strongest. I think what I bring to the table is just um, the procedures that I offer are a little different. The, the new patient experience is different, and that's what we keep hearing from our patients. They're like, wow, this is different. You know, the design is different. The, the, the hospitality is different. Um, the way we treat our patients is just different than what patients are accustomed to. Like, we really pride ourselves on exceeding our patients' expectations. You know, we really want to make an epic dental experience, and we hold ourselves to that standard every single day and every opportunity we have. Like, for example, our patient's getting cataract surgery tomorrow. No, today. She's getting cataract surgery today. Well, as a team, we all signed a card for her on Monday and put in the mailbox, she's right here in the community, and we sent her flowers. How many dentists are doing that? Why, she came to us last week and did like a $1,700, you know, treatment. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a big treatment plan, but she came, paid cash, and they have to fuck with her insurance. And she's just a really sweet, you know, older lady. And I was like, oh, she's having, you know, surgery in her eyes soon. Let's go ahead and send her a bouquet of flowers and a nice card to tell her, you know, we're going to be praying for her. We know she's going to do very well. And she scheduled another appointment to come see us in probably two, three weeks. I'm pretty sure when she sees the flowers, it's going to have a really big smile on her face, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, And definitely. I think she's going to call us and thank you, and she's probably going to tell her friends and her family. And we didn't do it just for that. We really want to make sure she's well cared for and she knows that we're thinking about her. So that goes a long way. And I think... Once again, we're building raving fans and ambassadors for our practice, and patients are talking about it, and they tell their friends, and that's why right now word of mouth is pretty high up as far as where are we getting our new patients. Well, a lot of it's word of mouth, too, now. Yeah. So, and those are things you need to do, and, I, and that's why I can't really worry about the office around the corner. They're not doing that. They're not doing yeah. that. I can't tell you 100% for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty Sure. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, and honestly, like if you think about it, you never and honestly, Cassandra, like there's some people uh, today who if you were to send them like a, like what you did, send them flowers for the cataract surgery, they've probably never received. They haven't received flowers in like the past maybe years. Right. So to get that, it, it hits another emotional string. You know, it's not just like, oh, this is nice. It's more like, 
oh my gosh, like who who does this now? You know what I mean? Like who really does this? And you do it. So it's a whole, I don't know, it's, it's more than a talking point, you know? I think so too. We, I just got a message yesterday from a patient. A patient, she brought her mother with her. When she came for her cleaning, like she did a new patient exam, she came mm-hmm. with her mother, came for her cleaning, didn't come with her mother, but she sent me a message. Or no, she didn't talk to send me a message. She told me that her mother had a, bi- a bad fall. And you know, we mm-hmm. have parents and grandparents, when we hear that they, they have fallen, it makes us nervous because they don't yeah. feel the way we do anymore. So I was really nervous for her, and her mom's doing well now, but as a team, once again, we made sure we put a card together and sent it to her mother, and mm-hmm. through her address, we didn't know the mother's address, you know, she thanked us for that. Thank you so much for sending my mom a card, even though her mom's not a patient here, but we've met her mom. And those are the little things where you're building relationships. It's not just dentistry. You're building a, a relationship, and that patient's going to be a lifetime patient. Their family, their friends are going to be lifetime patients because you know that on a more personal level, mm-hmm. it's just not a consumable type of good that you're providing. And, um, yeah, yeah. I think it builds a lot of trust. It builds a lot of trust. I think it it goes, yeah, it goes beyond the point of, like, sometimes we're so involved in, like, the the minute things, like the, okay, the numbers, the collections, and how, so, for example, like, in the last practice I worked with, if we were to suggest things like this, they're like, how is this bringing in new patients? You know what I mean? And it kind of, it has to go beyond (laughs) that. It has to go beyond, like, okay, it's not about bringing in new patients. It's about being, like, a good human. You know what I mean? Like, you just really have to uh, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the money will come. Because even though you're like, how are they going to bring in new patients? You're right. We're not sitting down here thinking, oh, it's going to miss, you know, Kozak is going to bring us 10 more patients if we send her. <laughs> no. But you know what? It actually happens that way. It just happens, but it's not because we're pressuring the patient or anything. But when you treat people well, it's just, psychology, reciprocity, when you give someone something, they want to give you something back, whether it be a compliment, whether it be a thank you card, whether it be, oh, you should go to my dentist, right? Like, people just do that naturally, and you don't have to seek it. You you really don't, because that one lady that I sent a card to her mother, she made an appointment, and then she already made her three-month recall appointment. Plus, she referred her sister, and then she invited me to speak at some event she's having about how there's a correlation between your oral health and your heart. And I'll be in front of an audience of 3,000, not 3,000, 300 people. I'll have a 10-minute talk with them. Plus, I have a little table. You know, I'm being exposed and being placed in a platform to let people know, you know, how important dentistry is. And just naturally, I'll probably get patients, Michael, just because I was able to treat her well and be kind to her mom, I didn't have to ask her for this. She invited me. So it does produce patience, and you really don't have to do too much for that. Um, and I don't sit there and calculate it, but you're right. Just treat people well, and, and they'll come. They'll come. You don't yeah. have to stress over that so much. Yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to. You're right. You're right. Okay, and then so right now it's time to vent. What's been your biggest concern, and how is it making you feel? My biggest concern, you know, I'm just excited so far still about being, you know, a practice owner and walking through my own doors and setting my own hours. Yeah, still have to produce money to pay those bills, though. Mm-hmm. But 
don't really have too much to vent about on the practice side. I think it's more the contractors. It's all it's all the background stuff that patients and my team members don't see that takes away from the practice, meaning time from the practice. Like right now is my day off. It would be great if I could sit down, pay my bills, you know, make sure I'm on a budget and everything makes sense. And I had a three-hour meeting with my contractor walking throughout the whole facility saying, okay, this needs to be fixed. This needs to be fixed. When is this going to be fixed? When are we going to coordinate when patients are not here to fix it? So things like that. I think that's like my biggest, I guess, heartburn right now is, is my contractor. Even though like they're good people in general and they use decent words, there's still a lot of back and forth about who should pay for what, who's responsible for what. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, my God, who has time for this? Who has time? For- I went to school to be a dentist, not a subcontractor or an attorney. And that's what I feel like sometimes. I'm stuck in between that spot sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I get you. That's what, ab- biggest, what, right what about who you call the devil, Delta? How's that coming <laughs> along? Delta, Delta. Okay, you know what? I call the devil based off. It's all good in the sense that, you know what, regardless if I have a Delta patient in the chair or I don't have a Delta patient in the chair, I still have to pay for that chair. So that's how I see it as well. They yeah. are still bringing in some revenue into the practice, but I do give Delta a nice check for about 125 to $150 check for every patient that they send my way because that's a write-off on every new patient. <laughs> and it, it just burns my heart. It just burns my heart when I when I see these write offs. I'm like, what is going on? Like, why? Yeah. You know how much I could pay in Facebook ads for that type of money? Like I calculated every new patient is four hundred thirty three dollars. Delta Dental pays me one hundred fifty eight no no. They pay me two hundred seventy five dollars. Two hundred seventy five dollars for a new patient. I get the cleaning, a panoramic X ray bite wings and a comprehensive evaluation. Uh-huh. Did I get all the codes? At the end of the day, it's a new patient. <laughs> all the activities that go with the new patient and the evaluation, they pay me 275 and I'm like, where's the rest, Delta? So <laughs> I end up paying $158 right off for that new patient. I promise you, if I advertise for $158 on Facebook, I will get that patient. I will get one patient. Yeah. That's the cash paying patient or patient that's out of network where the write-off will be zero or very little. So or very, very little. For now, yeah, go on. I was going to say, so do you think soon you're going to drop Delta or or no? Because yeah, there's I just too many people in your community who have Delta. Delta. No, not really. Most oh, okay. of my patients are not Delta. I would, no, I would say less than one-third of my patients are Delta Dental. Um, and half of the one-third is like friends and family that happen to have Delta Dental, and I'm like, well, if you're friends and family, I'd rather just let you come get your cleaning, and you just send me the check when Delta Dental to you. I can trust you. You're my friend. You're my family. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, and the other patients, hopefully the experience was so amazing that they're like, well, some of them are used to knowing, yeah, I want to go to dentist. I want to go to, so Delta's just going to have to send me the check. You'll be surprised how their dental IQ is really high some of these patients. They know. You know, I had patients that are Delta Dental patients not knowing that we're in that world. They're like, I know I usually have to pay and get refunded. Oh, so you already know. So your transition point won't be too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Explaining it to them um, won't be bad, yeah. And there are patients. 
And there are some patients that are very insurance-driven. They only want to go to an in-network provider. They don't really care about the new patient experience, and that's okay. Um, but once they're here, I notice all the patients that are at a network, which is all my patients except Delta, they don't mind paying that $25 copay, we call it, because they're used to paying copays one. And two, they're like, this is worth it. Like, I have patients that come from, like, a different town where I used to work, which is 45 minutes away. When they come here, they're like, oh, is she in network? Because, you know, she was in network before. My friend us will say, Shantae will say, no, she, we're actually not in network. But so there will be a little copay. And she'll tell them, like, you know what, it's okay, it's worth it. And they'll come. I think you just have to have, you know, a clear policy and say it with confidence and let them know and just take control over the conversation, like, and let them know about your office, you know, how, yeah. you know, we offer a great new patient experience, we have a relaxation room, we have amenities, you know, we customize a treatment plan to fit your needs, we have various options for financing. I think you have to take control over the question and not just make it about insurance. And are you in network? Make it more about the experience and how awesome it would be and how great our team is and, you know, how we love taking care of our patients. And they, they're fine. We I, even have yeah. these show patients who are in network room. They I don't think, send us the check. Yeah, you're right. On. You're right. Go on. No, I was going to say, I think mainly yeah. you hit like it um, on the head, I feel, because I think mainly the people who haven't who are like really very very what i've noticed is who are very very insurance driven um it's because maybe they've never really had a really great patient experience you know what i mean or new patient experience they just kind of sat in every single like it's almost like every single waiting room that used to be like in 1990 you know what i mean you sit there you wait read magazine and then you get caught called up even if they're like yeah your appointment's at 9 a.m right you sit there an extra 20 30 minutes no matter what and then you get you know what i mean so it's like the only thing you can be concerned about is about like the price right like oh why am i paying more for this why am i paying but then if you experience a new patient like like your type of new patient experience i think that's kind of like what is this what's happening oh my gosh right and then you kind of understand now a little more i don't know that's my exactly exactly Exactly. Especially when you let them know they actually do get the money. Like, we do take your insurance. And the question is, are you are you able to use your insurance here? Yes, you are able to use your insurance here. But the way your insurance works, they pay you. They send you the check. So what most of our ins- patients do, they may just put on a credit card or care credit, and as soon as their, you know, check comes in the mail, they pay it off. And Delta Dental is really good at giving the check within, like, two weeks. So they really don't have to even worry about finance charges. Um, it's just the patient having the money up front to pay for their services. So we're going to see how it works. Um, and at this point, patient flow is not the biggest concern. You know, knock on wood, right? You don't want to say that too loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think even if the other patients are like, we're not, we're just not going to that office, I would be okay just seeing the other, you know, out of network patients where their insurance does assignment of benefits, where we still take insurance, we just are not in network. And patients are fine with that. There really are. Um, yeah. A lot of the employers do have Delta, but there's a lot of employees that don't have Delta. So we're fine. And the other, my other um, dentist that I have in the community, they take Delta Dental. And that's why I was going to take Delta Dental as well. But then when I start, started seeing the write-off, I was like, why? Just because other dentists are taking it, I just say yes. 
it was like a high-end Medicaid type of thing, I felt yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, that's an analogy someone gave me. And I was just like, why am I taking such a write-off when I'm giving the patients such a cool experience? Like, literally, I'm giving out sonicares for new patient exams, you know, white take-home whitening. I'm doing, like, really nice things, you know, sending them flowers if I think it's appropriate. Like, I'm really going over and beyond. I'm rolling out the red carpet here. And I'm like, I should just focus on that, the experience and not you know, which, which insurance is going to, like, send me patients. So that's my form of advertising. Well, maybe I don't need Delta Dental to send those patients. It's okay if they don't, right? Yeah. You, yeah. It's like you don't have to do every marketing thing that's out there. You know, there's so many ways to market. And I think Delta Dental is one of the ways people market their practices. And I don't have to use Delta Dental to market my practice. I think and that would be so um, interesting if you did, like, at, I mean... To create content, it'd be, I think everybody would listen. But, I mean, at the same time, don't do it just for that. Because I think it would be so interesting if you did, like, tomorrow you say, you know what, I'm going to drop Delta Dental. And then, then, I think every, people would be like, what the, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I got to listen in. So, but I am dropping that. Like, literally, I have to, like, that's on my to-do list. Like, I'm writing a letter for my patients to let them know that we no longer will be taking Delta Dental. And, then, and I need to do it now. I need to cut the cord now. Like, I only oh. have... Maybe 25 Delta Dental patients or 20. Like I said, half of them are friends and family, so it's not like I have 100 plus. So before I get to the point where I'm really going to disappoint a lot of people or rub people the wrong way, I need to do it now before it gets out of control and so, you know, half my book or Delta Dental. Mm-hmm. You're going to be 100% fee for service then? I don't really call it, but fee for service means like this is cash. Like I need your cash and you need to work out your insurance yourself. Like, I still take assignment of benefits, meaning your insurance pays 50%. You're responsible for 50 I take the 50% ahead of time, and I wait for your insurance check to come in. So is that fee-for-service? I don't know. I don't know. Um, you have a membership plan too, right? I'm no. not going to be a network. I do have a membership plan where they get, you know, between 10 to 15% off, and for 350 they get two cleanings a year. Um, it like, works out fine. Is it like, your own membership plan or? Yeah, my own membership plan. I, I just do it in-house. I don't have a third party that helps me out with that. Unless you have a lot of people in the membership plan, I think you can manage it in-house. We just have an Excel sheet. We charge for it in full. We don't have the monthly plan, which I think if you have a monthly plan, it would be nice to hire a third party to keep track of that. Mm-hmm. But we just have them paid in full. Most patients are okay with that. Our new patient exam fee is 433 so we offer the plan for 350 as soon as they see the, as soon as they compare those two numbers it's a no-brainer they're like oh yeah i'll take the membership plan yeah. um and wow. they're, they're happy with it they're really happy they appreciate it but yeah i'll be adding that word um this week pretty much after i send out to that letter saying i no longer will be the network yeah um yeah i, I was just thinking about all these write-offs Literally last month, I think my write-off with Delta Dental, well, not just Delta Dental, but maybe it's a Delta Dental. It was like $3,000. You know how much I could spend wow. in advertising with $3,000? I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, that's no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, wow. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be interesting. This is really going to be interesting. I may have to... Um, <laughs> like prolong even longer the recordings like because i mean like you know what i mean like 
make your season longer because I want to see what happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I want to yeah. uh, hear like how because that's everybody's biggest, I think, fear right now, especially as a startup. And you see it. You see the posts on the making of a dental startup group. They're like, I think I'm going to start accepting insurance because I'm not seeing enough new patients. So I yeah. don't know. What What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. that? Um, you're right, but I guess right now, okay, so this month, I'm, I'm on track to see 60 new patients, right? Mm-hmm. 60 new patients, so just naturally how it works, you tend to go up, like more new patients, more new patients, it's rare that you just trend down, you just plummet to two new patients all of a sudden. So if we keep trending with 60 new patients or 50 new patients, that's okay. And if we drop Delta, let's say we do 60 and we drop Delta and we go down to 50, that's still okay. Right now, I can't, I feel like I can't see all these new patients anyway and be productive. So I need to see a little bit less new patients and focus on um, productive type of cases, meaning like get the work in, do the quadrants of dentistry, do the crown and bridge, where right now it's like new patients. It's like there's one day where I literally saw seven new patients. Yes, you know, I was busy, but is it the most productive day? No, it's not. So I need to get that balance. I don't, I don't think one provider needs 60 new patients. Yeah. So maybe weeding out some of the Delta Dental patients, which I think a lot of them are still going to come here. I think sometimes we have it in our mind, our mindset is a little different where we're thinking, well, they're not going to come here if they have to pay out of pocket for it and then get reimbursed. No. If they like you, know you, and trust you, and they know they're going to get the money, and they could just throw it on a card or just pay for it and just get reimbursed in two weeks, they'll do it. I know I would do it. If I'm like, I want to go to the specific doctor to get this surgery done, and that's the only doctor I trust and feel comfortable with, well, guess what? I'm going to just have to pay that cleaning fee of, what, 75 No, what's the cleaning fee? $94? I'm going to pay for 94 out of my pocket, and in a month, I'll get my reimbursement and be fine. I just know I have to prepare myself for that. Um, also, yeah. like, yeah, like patients that have crown and bridge work, same thing. We tell them, like, the way your insurance works, and we kind of put it on them. Like, they pick that insurance. The way your insurance works, they pay you, they don't pay us. Um, and the patient's like, oh, right, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I find. And when I go to other offices, I usually have to pay like that. So they put it on care credit. Yeah, you still give care credit 10%, but it's a whole lot better than the 30% I'm giving Delta Dental. Yeah. Like Delta <sighs> Dental is like a 30% cut sometimes. That's a lot of money, Michael. Yeah. $30 for every $100. Like, that's a lot of money. Know, that's a man. lot of money. Okay. And I didn't see the logic. Like, yeah. And some people, I think, don't really have a choice. There's such a saturation in their community of dentists. Their demographic is just not as strong. Mm-hmm. So, I think you know, seventy percent is better than zero percent. Yeah, but I think people have to do what you do, though. Yeah. I think I think they have to do what you do. Like you sat down and actually calculated it, right? And you're like, okay. I know I'm getting um, new patients from this medium, right? In your case, it's Facebook. And so it's like, I can invest this much more. And I know for sure, for sure, I'll get more new patients, right? Um, But you have to calculate it. You can't just be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to drop it and I'm just going to pay whatever sticks to the wall. You know what I mean? It sticks to the wall and see what happens. It's more like it's very, it's very precise. So I like that. 
to sit down and calculate it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. You really do have to sit down and calculate because I was like, how many dozen dental patients do I have right now at this point? You know, and also you have to figure out how much revenue you're producing because just because you're 50% of your population in your practice is dental dental, are they the patients really bringing you in revenue in your practice? Or are they the patients just doing cleaning? You know, you mm-hmm. have to factor that in. Are you producing more on the out-of-network patients? Um, so it's not always number of patients. It's the type of services they're getting. And I find that a lot of my those of patients don't really do a lot of big stuff. Like, they're like, what does the insurance cover? Um, because, you know, I don't know why. They, they make it so much their budget is just a little tighter. <laughs> um, mm. That's what I have noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all good patients. Like I said, right now, I'm still feel great. I'm, I'm grateful to have patients come to the door, regardless of what type of patient. I'm the one that took it upon myself to negotiate and sign up with Delta. I actually can't even negotiate with Delta. That's the other thing that gives me heartburn. They just <laughs> magically, I never know when I'm going to get paid with Delta. Since I'm premier, mm-hmm. they don't have a fee schedule out. So literally... I do cleanings, I do crown and bridge, I do fillings. I have no idea what they're going to pay me. Um, I take the patient's copay of 20%, and I just wait for my 80%. But then, Delta sends me a check, and I'm like, this is not even close to my UCR fees. So, and I have to always kind of wonder what I'm getting paid until I get a crown in. I won't know how much a Delta crown will be. I don't know how much the core bills up is. I think I know now what a one surface, a two surface is for filling, but mm-hmm. there's still a mystery out there. And I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling where I think I'm going to be producing a thousand and then it ends up being seven hundred thirty dollars instead. Yeah. I just don't like that. I don't like that lack of control. Um, with a lot of other insurances at least, they let you know what the fee schedule looks like. So you can make an informed decision about what discounts you want to provide, kind of like my in-house savings plan. I give them 15% off services. If it includes a lab fee, I give them a 10% discount. Yeah. So therefore, everything is making an informed decision, which is what I provide for my patients too. So that's the same thing I want. So I think that's what also rubs me the wrong way with Delta. It's always a surprise. Mm-hmm. So, mm, I don't like it. Mm. I don't like it. Okay, so then... <laughs> I would ask you what's next, but we kind of already know now. Like, what's next is you're dropping Delta, and on the next episode, we're gonna see how that that plays out so far for the rest of the um, for that week and so forth. But um, already, yeah, let's see how that goes. Because you know, we can always sign back on. So what's the big like? Not what's the big awesome. deal, but let's say I'm like, oh man, you know, this is just not working. Facebook, Google AdWords, or everything else I'm trying to do, ground marketing, it's just not enough. Because that's what I was thinking. Before I just cut the plug, I was just like, what about when I try to grow? What about when I want, you know, two hygienists and an associate? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be able to keep this out of network fee for service model going? Well, well, guess what, Michael? I'm not there. It's just me. And right now, I feel like I can't even see all these new patients. I'm booking them into like February and sometimes even March. So. It's not a problem now, so I just need to deal with the problem I have in hand right now. Yeah. So get you, I can't I get you. worry about that yet. So oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, sounds good. So uh, any last words then, Cassandra? 
No, no. Still living that dream. Still living mm. the dream. Everything is going really, really well. Better than I anticipated. I'm just really, really grateful. But it's because of podcasts like this. You know, everyone in the Making a Dental Startup has really helped with this process. Getting the right vendors, the services, making sure the processes are in the right order. So I thank everyone for listening and I thank for everyone for contributing and answering questions and putting some great information out there. Awesome. Alrighty, guys. So until next time, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. Bye. Be epic.